Welcome to the Teaching Behavior Together podcast, where I provide you with actionable steps for making your classroom management plan effective by incorporating behavioral and social-emotional learning activities into your daily teaching. Hi, I'm Maria, and I have 10 years experience in the field of behavior analysis. In each episode, I will be providing you with effective and evidence-based strategies you can use to create a classroom environment you want to go to each morning. No longer will you be driving home in tears over the overwhelming feeling of trying to manage student behaviors. So sit back, listen up, and start seeing success. and welcome to this episode of the Teaching Behavior Together podcast. Today we're going to be talking all about teaching our students self-awareness. Self-awareness is one of the key competencies outlined by CASEL or the Collaborative for Academic, Social, and Emotional Learning. And they define self-awareness as the ability to accurately recognize one's own emotions, thoughts, and values, and how they influence behavior, as well as the ability to accurately assess one's strengths and limitations. Castle has five overarching competencies and self-awareness is really one of the foundational competencies that we should be teaching our students first because self-awareness is really at the foundation of social emotional learning. Once we're aware of ourself and our emotions and our thoughts and our behaviors and our values and our strengths and our goals, we are able to then self-manage those aspects of ourself and engage in social interactions with others, build relationships with others and engage in responsible decision-making. And these are all key aspects of the core competencies of social-emotional learning. So how do we teach self-awareness? Well, we teach it explicitly, right? Throughout this episode, I will share how I teach students self-awareness and what activities I use to do this explicitly in the classrooms. So we're really building that core foundational skill of self-awareness and really setting up our students for success when we move on to self-management and social awareness and responsible decision-making and relationship skills. As we build on all of our social-emotional learning core competencies, these are really the key aspects that we have to lay our foundation with. So let's get right into how I teach self-awareness to students. I first do an introductory lesson where I talk about self-awareness and what self-awareness means. And when I talk about this, I tell them that we can identify our emotions, our thoughts, our behaviors, our values, our strengths, and our goals. And since these might be new topics to students or new concepts to our students, I first start off with a discrimination activity where students have to sort out each of those categories. So they have a bunch of different concepts that they have to sort into those six categories that I listed. And this can help make the concepts much more concrete for them and allow students to organize that information in more of a uh, conceptualized way. And it also helps with Um, allowing them to see a bunch of different examples of these different concepts because some students might not have heard of the term value and they might not know what it means to be self-aware of your own values. So we give them a bunch of different examples of what their values might be so then they can say, oh, I can identify those in myself. So if your students are newer to these concepts, you can do this activity as an entire group where you have a discussion with each item or concept in which category it goes into or you can have the students do it independently and then have a whole group review of that and have them share out. 
because so many of these concepts can vary from student to student, it's so important to have that class discussion so students are able to see, oh, so-and-so has a strength in this area and I also have a strength in that area. Or my friend has a strength in this area, but I don't have a strength in that area. Or the person sitting next to me values this, but my value is this. So you just want to give them as much experience and as much discussion around these different concepts so we can really help ground this overall principle that all of us are different and that's okay and it's okay to have different emotions and different thoughts and different values and we as long as we are self-aware of our own emotions thoughts values behaviors goals and strengths we're able to then self-manage those and we're able to see those differences in others and value those differences in others Personally, I like to do this as a whole group activity and have students follow along with their own individual sorting chart so we have a lot of discussion around it. Because this is the introductory lesson, I really like to reinforce the point that throughout all of the lessons, we're going to be sharing with each other and be able to identify uh, the, all these concepts within ourselves, but then also identify that everyone is different and that's okay. And it's okay that we feel a certain way in different situations and our friends might not feel the exact same way. It's okay. Our feelings are valid. Our thoughts are valid. And then move on to identifying these differences in others so then we can build on more of our social emotional learning competencies. So once we do that first introductory lesson, then I move on to teaching students about self-awareness of their emotions. And self-awareness of emotions means that you're aware of how you feel in different situations. Therefore, I introduce the lesson by explaining what self-awareness of emotions are, just like I did a minute ago, and have students share about different situations they have been in that made them feel different emotions. Then I would highlight how each of us might feel differently in different situations and it's okay to feel differently. I also highlight that it's okay to feel the way you feel in different situations. I like to reassure students that they feel their feelings are valid and it's okay to feel whatever they might feel. Then we do an activity where I have students reflect on different situations that made them feel sad or happy or excited or embarrassed and a bunch of other different emotions. And they do this independently and then they share with each other. Again, I reiterate and I highlight what I said earlier that we once we're sharing, we identify how all of us might feel differently in different situations. So we really highlight how our friends and our peers feel differently when different situations arise. And that gives students a little bit of insight into their peers. And so we're not only working on that self-awareness, but then we're broadening it a little bit to what others feel in different situations, just so that we all can really begin to understand that we all feel differently in different situations and all of our feelings are valid and it's okay to feel differently than someone else in a different situation. So you might be thinking there's so much more than just emotions to this concept and you're right, don't worry. I'm gonna connect all of these pieces once we go through all the lessons, but I'm really just laying the foundation for how I teach self-awareness to students. The next lesson I teach is being self-aware of our thoughts. I teach them that different situations might make us think differently about ourselves and others. And we need to be aware of what we think in different situations. Our emotions might influence how we think as well. Once I've laid the groundwork a little bit for what self-awareness of your thoughts are, I have the students do an activity where they share a negative and a positive thought that they've had about themselves. And we, again, we highlight how these can all be different. And the important thing is that we're aware of how we think in different situations. Then I move on to the next activity where we identify positive and negative thoughts about ourselves. 
And keep it to thoughts about ourselves because the second part of the task is more concrete this way. And since we're just building on the skill, I want to make it pretty simple for them. So the second part of the task involves the students taking each negative thought and stating as a fact that matches that thought. For example, if a student thinks I'm bad at soccer, a fact might be I scored a goal at our last soccer game. I do this because it's easier to disprove negative thoughts with facts than with flipping them to positive thoughts. Okay, so stay with me here. If you tell a student to flip a negative thought like I'm bad at soccer to I'm good at soccer, a student might not actually believe that. But if you have them list facts that have to do with that negative thought, those are disprovable because they're facts. Believe me, this makes the concepts so much more concrete and really helps the students who think negative thoughts about themselves and lays the foundation for changing those negative thoughts about different situations and others in the future. So I give them a lot of time to practice this skill. It's not always easy to flip our negative thoughts to facts. So this takes time and it's probably a new skill for students. I like to make it as concrete as possible and often have students share with each other so they can learn from others as well. And you might be wondering, why are you having them identify negative thoughts about themselves? That's not like a super positive, fun lesson. And no, it's not super positive to think that our students think negatively about themselves. But the fact of the matter is, and what we know is from the research, that students do think negatively about themselves. We as adults think negatively about ourselves, and the goal is not to completely eliminate negative thoughts, but to help students build the skill of flipping those negative thoughts to facts. And again, I like using facts as opposed to flipping it to a positive thought because facts are disprovable, and it gives students a concrete landing point to start changing that thought in the future. And I do this again with just the self first before we start thinking about my thoughts and opinions in different scenarios with different people because again, we really wanna work on how we identify these in ourselves before we keep moving on to other people to really lay the foundation for this skill. And it's also a lot easier to identify facts about yourself than it is to identify facts about other people or other situations. So that's why we start here with thoughts. It's a really engaging activity. The students really like it. And I see students using this skill, like the breakthrough that you have when students think a negative thought about themselves and helping them flip it to a fact. It's just, they learn so much from this one lesson. It's amazing to see the skill development that can happen just from practicing this skill explicitly over and over and over again. And then in the future, if you hear a student say something negative about themselves, you can prompt them to flip it to a fact. And it just like the natural environment teaching opportunities with this lesson are just endless. Next, we learn about self-awareness of our behaviors or actions. I teach the students that we can be aware of our actions in different situations. We also talk about how our emotions affect our thoughts, which can influence our behavior or actions. Some students don't know what they do in different situations. Have you ever gotten home and wonder how you got there? It's because you're on autopilot. When we engage in repetitive behaviors or behaviors that we do each day, it becomes automatic for us and we go into autopilot so we might not be aware of our actions in different situations. Therefore, to help teach this skill, we play a game where I read off different sentences like when I'm sad, I, and have the students act out if they were sad. This will likely be an automatic behavior and then the students can reflect on that. We can have a discussion around it and we again also have a discussion around how we act differently in different situations. 
Then I tie these three concepts together and further reinforce the ideas that emotions influence our thoughts, which influence our behaviors. This is so important. When we make the connection that our emotions influence our thoughts, which influence our behaviors, we can then move into that self-management piece, which is the next competency we teach in social-emotional learning. This can be pretty tricky for students to do at first when they're connecting their emotions to their thoughts to their behaviors. And if you've ever heard of cognitive behavioral therapy, this is pretty much the core foundation of how that therapy functions. So you're looking at how your emotions affect your thoughts, affect your behaviors, and how you can start to change those aspects in that pattern so that you can self-manage your behaviors and your thoughts and your emotions more effectively. So when I'm teaching this, how these concepts are all connected, for this lesson, I have a workbook that students work through where they identify different emotions, thoughts, and facts, and then they have two choices for behaviors. And if you're like wondering what the workbook looks like, I do have an entire unit on teaching students self-awareness. That workbook is included. And this workbook will ideally be used to support the repeated practice of connecting our emotions, thoughts, and behaviors in preparation for that next unit about self-management. Because this can be abstract and can be a harder concept for students to really develop, I use this workbook as some sort of like rote learning activity, right? So the students are really working through the workbook and then we share out together and it really helps them practice this skill over time. And then once the students have these core foundational skills, we can help reinforce that in the environment. So that's kind of how I lay out the framework for those first three lessons. And then I connect those first three concepts together with a fourth lesson in that workbook. And I like to do the unit where I'm sprinkling in activities from that workbook throughout the rest of the lessons and throughout the rest of the unit. So it's not like they have to go through page after page in the workbook. They are very similar pages. It's just different emotional prompts that lead the students through the connecting process but they are there to help students really build on this skill. Again, when you're teaching a skill explicitly, there needs to be a lot of practice for that skill. And I think about when we're teaching reading and math, we practice these skills over and over and over again, and we utilize rote learning activities to do that. So that's kind of where I had the inspiration of creating that workbook from. All of the concepts for teaching this, these skills are rooted in evidence-based practices and behavioral practices and the foundations of applied behavior analysis. So that's how I developed this workbook to tie in all these concepts together. Okay, so then we move into teaching students about being aware of their values or self-aware of their values. And values are a little bit more abstract to most students, and they need a lot of examples of what values are, and we need to, again, reiterate that all of our values might be different. Essentially, I teach students that our values are what is important to us. I have students identify their top five values and then identify three things that they do to support that value each day. This connects our behaviors to our values. For example, if spending time with family is important or a value to a student, they might support that by playing a game with their family members. If their value is working hard in school, they might support that by turning in all of their assignments and participating in class discussions. So again, I reinforce how our behaviors and our actions affect our values, and then we share them with the class. Kids learn so much from each other. And in this unit, I really highlight sharing because so many of our responses can be different and so many of our values can be different. 
So again, I really tie in that piece of how our values are affected by our behaviors. What we find important to us, we engage in certain behaviors to support what's important to us, right? So I help students really make that connection between one of my values is to be kind to others. And I support that through my actions. And one of my actions that demonstrates that my value is to be kind to others is that I help others when they're in need. And another behavior that I engage in that once again supports that being kind is one of my values is that I invite others to play with me on the playground. So that's really how I help students make that connection that our behaviors really support our values. And if something is valuable to us, we engage in behaviors that reinforce that those things are valuable to us. Then I move into teaching students about being self-aware of their strengths. And this is one of my favorite lessons to teach because students need to be aware of what their strengths are and how our behaviors and values help build on our strengths. So I hope that I don't sound like a broken record, but all these concepts are connected and we need to keep reinforcing that. In this lesson, I like to play a game where I hold up a sign that has a strength on it and I have students get in a circle and they step into the circle if they feel that it's a strength for them and then they step out of the circle when they feel like it's not a strength for them. And we have that class discussion around how all of our strengths are different and how all of us might feel that we have different strengths than others, right? And so it's a really fun exercise, a really fun game. I know that probably you've experienced that circle activity before, either in PD or something like that. And it really helps students reflect on, okay, what do I think my strengths are? And some of the strengths that I have for this activity aren't necessarily what we necessarily think of strengths as. So students really enjoy and really get engaged with that activity. Lastly, we talk about being self-aware of our goals and the differences between short and long-term goals. We further reinforce that our emotions influence our thoughts and which influence our behaviors, which influence our values, which influence our strengths, and which influences our goals. Additionally, we do an activity where we create a vision board of our goals. We share them with the class and I think this is such a creative way for students to identify their goals and have a mixture of short and long-term goals. I typically would laminate these and hang them up somewhere in the classroom or if students have individual desks, I would hang it on the front of their desk so they're constantly using that as a visual for these are my goals and then we can use that as a prompt for our students when they become frustrated with something. We can use that as look at your vision board, look at what your goals are and it gives so much independence around reviewing goals and really setting goals for yourself independently. So like if a student has a goal for making the spelling bee team, but they get frustrated and think they're not good at spelling and they crumple up their spelling tests, this goes against their value of working hard and their strength for problem solving and their goal for making the spelling bee team. So we can connect all of that for them and build those skills so our students can readily identify these concepts and how being self-aware can really help further their social emotional learning skills. So I hope that gave you a good idea of how I teach all these concepts to students and how I really build the scale of being self-aware and how all of these concepts are so interconnected and that if we teach them piece by piece explicitly, we can help the students make those connections so that they can really build on that social emotional learning skill of being self-aware and really build their social emotional learning competencies. 
If you're looking for ready-to-go guided lessons, ready-to-go engaging activities, and supporting classroom materials, I have an entire unit for you on my Teachers Pay Teacher Store. Each of these seven lessons are created for you, and all the materials are created for you in both print and digital versions. The unit will help you teach these skills explicitly so you can move on to other more complex social-emotional learning skills like self-management, which is going to be our next unit. So grab it in my Teachers Pay Teachers store. It is linked in the description below. Thank you so much for listening. As always, I hope this episode was helpful and gave you some strategies for teaching self-awareness in your classroom. If you have any questions, go follow me on Instagram at Teaching Behavior Together and send me a message. If you would be so kind and leave a rating or review of this podcast, that would mean so much and allow more teachers to find these episodes. Again, thank you for listening and have a great rest of the day.